Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. For the 52nd week in a row, I'm Trey. From here, I'm Jude. How are you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because it's been a whole year, man. That's crazy. We've been doing this podcast for a year. That's, you know what? It's so, it's so crazy to me. Like, I, I, I'm glad we got to a year, um, but I never imagined getting to a year, which is weird to say as if like we're going to stop or, or fail or something. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, as, as I think about it in those terms, but yeah, man, it's just really, really showing your sleep there. <laughs> well, I, you recorded I one know. Daredevil episode with me and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're done. We're done. This isn't going to work. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. It really has. Um, and, and I'm right there with you. I totally understand what you mean. And it's like, I think it's conversations that you and I have had plenty of times back and forth that never make the show. And without going into details, whenever you do projects like this, it always feels like in the moment, it's always hard to be like, oh, you know, I need to do this. I need to do that. Or there's this milestone I want to hit. Or I want to, or milestone, this and that, whatever. But whenever you take the moment to look back and see how far you really come, it's always like staggering. And to be here at this one year milestone is exactly that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. This is so cool. What's funny to me is that were it, I mean, I'm sure we probably would have had a conversation and started at some point, but were it not for you saying, hey, let's do Daredevil, Black Widow is still not out. (laughs) There's a universe where this podcast hasn't launched yet. I know. We'd be still waiting for July. I'm so glad they realized Disney Plus was a thing. Right? And it's good that, I mean, it's the option. It's the dual release. So for the people that do feel comfortable, they can go there and then we'll have access. Because that was one of the things that I was kind of selfishly rooting for is, you know, absence of the danger of everything with the pandemic right now having the Disney plus version of black widow to go back and forth and do the special treatment that we do with these shows that we have access to is something that I wanted to be able to do. So we'll still be able to do that since it'll be on Disney plus. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll probably go to both. I'll probably do the, <laughs> the, the $30 thing and go see another theater. Uh, I just, part of it is I don't want to, I'm, I'm conflicted, but part of it, I don't want to break the streak of the, the movies I've seen in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, like last summer, we did go to the swimming pool, right? Mm-hmm. Our HOA has some swimming pools. And it's like, okay, quarantine, summer. We had the whole pool to ourselves. Nobody else was going. Yeah. And using that logic, I'm kind of like, I might have a theater to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, or do that whole thing where, you know, pay a hundred bucks and just get split it up among some friends and go watch it with a group. Yeah. Of trusted friends, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to space out and be safe and make sure everybody is doing the right thing. Yeah. And, right. And you know where they, they're not strangers. You know where they've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some options because we have till July. Yeah. And, and hopefully the way things are going vaccination wise, things will be better in June than they are at this point because everything's it feels weird to hope. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at. But of course, if you've read the title. Uh, this is a bonus episode that we're doing to celebrate the fact that we've been doing MCU Need to Know for a year, and we thought the most appropriate thing to do with this celebratory episode was to revisit 2003's Daredevil, the Ben Affleck version. Man. Hey. 
<laughs> in, you know what? I, okay, I'm going to start here. Okay. Kevin Feige was a co-producer. <laughs> Let's like, just... looking at his credits, he, he was a producer of X-Men in 2000. Uh-huh. Executive producer dash uncredited in 2002 on Spider-Man, then co-producer in 2003 of Daredevil. So he got a start in the superhero. Like he's learning what he's doing as he's building towards mm-hmm. the MCU. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I, one of the things I texted you many things when I finished watching this, cause it took me two days. I couldn't, I couldn't sit through the whole thing in one go, but after it ended, I think I texted you something along the lines of I'm starting to understand why I only had a superficial interest in superheroes prior to the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> so, and, and, and just to set the stage, um, for context, when we were looking about you know, how we were going to watch this, I saw that the director's cut was available for rent on iTunes, which is where I watched it. And that is 30 minutes that I wish I could have gotten back because that's how much longer it is than the original cut. Well, it was so funny because I went to Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and you can't rent the director's cut. Yeah. You got to pay thirteen ninety nine to buy it. And I'm like, I was impressed because I didn't know you went to iTunes. Mm-hmm. I thought you bought it. I was like, wow, that's I appreciated the commitment to the pod. I rented <laughs> the original. Listen. Well, you know what? And, you know, I, one of the things I like about watching stuff on Amazon Prime, they have those little notes. Uh-huh. And there was a note um, that that 30 minutes that got cut out, I think, was at the urging of the studio because they were worried about length of time or, or, or something. And, you know, and that fits into something that – I'll say later on as we get to some of the things we didn't like. But as we always do, we want to lead with the positives. So uh, the natural place to start is what are some things that we liked about Daredevil? So Jude, what do you got first? The first thing that I want to say, and and keep this in mind, this is probably the second time I've seen this movie. Uh Maybe the third, but I want to say the second. The biggest thing that I took away from this viewing, I just loved how it brought me back. Mm -hmm. Like, like it was very clearly came out in two thousand three. You can very clearly see the nineties filmmaking influences. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a late nineties film, um, but you can also see some of the newer stuff. You know that we get in the two thousands and later. Um, that was one of the things I really liked about it. Uh, I liked that I could see some hints of what we'll later get in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the daytime scenes and kind of the, the bantery back and forth between uh, Murdoch and Foggy, um, even some of the bantery stuff between Murdoch and uh, Elektra, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of that bright, brightly lit feel. Um, you, you can just tell it's like, like, oh, this looks familiar, but they hadn't quite gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I really enjoyed catching catching that. What about you? I think that speaks to what I enjoyed about it. Um, I don't know if I'll go so far and to say the choreography is great, but there's something about the fighting style itself that harkens back to a different era of superhero movies that we don't get anymore. Because everything kind of feels a, l- a little more grounded. Not always the case, because... <laughs> 
Endgame had, you know, uh, Valkyrie riding a, a, a Pegasus. Right. But there's still some sense to the way they move on screen. But in Daredevil, it, I don't know, it reminds me a lot of like the way video games handle mm -hmm. superhero action movements where they're just leaping from one place to the other and it's these grand sweeping motions. And it's kind of fun. It, it feels like a style we really don't get much anymore, which actually I think the last time I remember seeing it was in Batman versus Superman and the way Batman kind of handled one of those scenes where he took out a bunch of henchmen. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring that up. The Zack Snyder uh -huh. um, Batman versus Superman. Uh huh. I remember watching this this time through and there was a slow-mo sequence and I thought, oh, Someone who's doing slow mo but with restraint, um, to kind of tip my hand on where I'm at, but with, uh -huh. with Snyder and the Snyder cut, <laughs> but, but but again, like you can see all those elements. That's what that was. I think the coolest thing for me in this rewatch is you see a little bit of what ended up in the Netflix. You mm -hmm. see a little bit of what Zack Snyder tried to do. You see a little bit of what the MCU tried to do. Uh, there was clearly it, it was clearly matrix influences in this, in this film, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and I, I really, in, I enjoy being able to, to, to see all these little bits and pieces. I want to touch on what you were saying about seeing stuff in the Netflix version in here. Um, it feels weird to say like, this is something I liked about it, but you do see this contrast in the confidence that we, well, the confidence that these shows have now as superhero properties, where they have time to flesh things out or be a little mm -hmm. bit more understanding of what audiences are willing to accept versus what they were willing to accept in two thousand three, right? And so it's it's almost admirable seeing what they were trying to tackle in that one movie because they fit in a lot. And even though I don't think it works, it is. It's almost like it's fan service before they figured out how to do fan service, if that makes sense. No, no, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, because mm -hmm. they still had those little Easter eggs. It, it, I mean, to kind of wrap all this fan service together, like they had the Easter eggs of his dad fought, the fighter he fought was Ramada. You know, well, that was, you know, one of the famous artists of Daredevil and Spider-Man. Son got on to do it too. Um there was when we listed the other names. They they mentioned um, Miller for like Frank Miller uh, is a name I can't remember, and then Bendis like Brian Michael Bendis. So mm -hmm. they mentioned and, and you have that and you see that a lot in the MCU. Um, you get all of those things. I think honestly, and I, and I'm I know I'm gonna this is weirdly kind of jumping ahead in the outline, um, by one point, but. My issue with it, kind of what you're saying about trying to do the fan service and figure it out, the biggest struggle was it felt like they didn't know stylistically what they wanted to do. Because, mm -hmm. like, you get a lot of iconic imagery out of the Frank Miller run, you know, Man mm -hmm. Without Fear, uh, especially in the very beginning, the cathedral, Daredevil, you know, the rain, it's dark, Daredevil hanging onto the cross. So when it's night and you get Daredevil, you get that kind of imagery and it's super dark. When it's daytime, it's more what we're used to in the MCU. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the fight scenes, it's like, oh, this is the Matrix. 
the use of pop music, right? Like it didn't work as well as, as in this movie as it does in Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Thor Ragnarok. You mean Bring Me to Life by Evanescence didn't get you crying? <laughs> Evan Eff- <laughs> Evanescence has never done anything for me. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, taking shots here in our one-year anniversary. I'm not taking shots. One-year podcast. Admitting, <laughs> I'm just admitting, Evan Evans, uh, uh, for whatever, Evanescence just never did anything for me. Uh, but no, I like, it just didn't, you know, um, yeah, it just, it just had that, that, like you said, all, it felt like that, that fan service, but you couldn't figure out or they couldn't figure out what they wanted to be. It feels like we're transitioning into things we didn't like, but I want to touch base real quick on something. It's so funny to me to be here in this daredevil one year later. I think we had a very similar conversation in like episode three or four of Daredevil where we see Matt and Foggy go back to their days in college and there was some band playing and I, I was it semi-charmed life or something and we were very critical of them there too Third Eye Blind Third Eye Blind <laughs> <laughs> was so, it Third Eye Blind? it was one of those bands okay which Third the way I, I phrased that sounds so see, reductive I remember liking Third Eye Blind at least that CD uh huh. Album CD. I'm still used to calling it CD. Uh, I remember liking that. I don't think after that album slash CD, I ever went back to that band. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But I I remember liking that one. Mm-hmm. That was super popular. But but yeah. Um. Now I have to check. I'm curious if that was the right. If that was the one. Are we doing a quick check? No. Okay, we'll keep moving forward. <laughs> we'll keep moving forward. I will. I want to check, but we'll keep moving forward. You gotcha. know what? If y'all, if y'all know, add MC. You need to know or the Discord. Yeah, let us know. That'd be great. So, like I said, I think we're moving into things we didn't like about 2003's Daredevil. Uh, I can start off by saying, man, what was Bullseye? Like it felt like he was in a different movie compared to everybody else. And every time he was on screen, I think, like, I wanted to turn it off. Like, I, man, I was not connecting with anything they were doing at all. You know what's crazy? Yeah? One year anniversary, I'm going to pull this phrase out. Pulling back the ca- pulling back the, uh, the curtain. Uh-huh. Um, we keep wanting to re, because we, we kicked it off with Daredevil, you know, and we did that because of the delay right mm-hmm. in the mcu but we really enjoy the two of us really enjoyed doing daredevil season one and we wanted to go back and do season two and three and we haven't been able to find time for it yeah and what they did with bullseye in season three of daredevil i i really want to see your reaction to it after seeing this because <laughs> it's just so much different so much better uh, yeah, it's crazy how how good they did in uh, the Netflix series. Uh, but you're right. Like, Colin Farrell's there. He uses his own – that's his own, you know, his own accent. Like, that's his normal accent. Really? Um, yeah. Today I learned. Yeah. It, it really um, felt like he was hamming it up. Well, 
Well, I'm sure he was hamming it up, but like he didn't go with the American accent, you know. Oh, I got you. Um, yeah, man, that was just. Well, you could tell like they were throwing him in mm-hmm. without really any purpose. Yeah. Like that was another one of those fan service things of, you know, we're gonna just throw Bullseye in because it's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. which makes you wonder: is like, did they really? Well. I mean, I know it goes both ways. I go, I, I realize that sometimes you make something with the idea of like, I don't want to hold back because I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to get to make the sequel. Don't know if I'm going to get to do it again. And then sometimes you, you know, at this point in the MCU, they can show restraint and hold back to some degree with like characters because they have this long-term plan. Right. The way they threw Daredevil, uh, I'm sorry, the way they threw Bullseye in there, it was clear that they weren't, at least I think it's clear that they weren't expecting a sequel mm-hmm. to this. I think you're a hundred percent spot on because one of the feelings that I kept having throughout this is that having seen season one of daredevil watching this felt like the spark notes version of daredevil. And I think you are touching on mm-hmm. something about like the lack of confidence of getting to do more. So, Hey, let's throw in all we can at this point. Cause you mentioned bullseye as being somebody that feels like a nod. I'd argue even Kingpin feels like a nod. He doesn't feel like much of a threat mm-hmm. other than like, Hey, the comic book fans will know who this is. Or even, right. uh, Ulrich. Ben Oric. Like he he's thrown in there and doesn't oh, really man. Yeah, that was that was really weird to see given how well they did it and see in the first season of Daredevil. Um Karen well, Karen gets like a mention. Time, yeah, that's what to say. Yeah, and it's so and she it's, goes she goes on to Grey's Anatomy. So <laughs> So yeah, like what I would like to do, I think going back and watching this has given me a new interest in wanting to see where is the decisive point that these superhero movies became confident and holding back and not feeling like they have to throw in everything all at once because Spider-Man was 2002, I think. And that it's been a while since I've seen it, but I don't remember it feeling like, Hey, let's get in everything that we can there. Um, so it'd yeah. be interesting to go back to this era of superhero movies and see who does and doesn't oh, do okay. it well. Do you want, you know, what's crazy. You want the rundown? Go ahead. I got it up right now. And what's crazy <laughs> is I got it up. Oh, I have Kevin Feige's IMDb up. Uh-huh. And his and his producer credits. So, I'm going to run through it and you just tell me where you where you, where you think that that starts to happen. Iron Man. 2000 X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2000 X-Men, 2002 Spider-Man, 2003 Daredevil, X2, X-Men United 2003. So maybe there, Hulk, 2003, The Punisher, 2004, Spider-Man 2, 2004. I might argue the Spider-Man's Blade Trinity in 2004, Elektra in 2005, Man-Thing in 2005, Fantastic Four, 2005, X-Men Last Stand, 2006, Spider-Man 3, 2007, Fantastic Four, Rise of Silver Surfer, 2007, then Iron Man, 2008, and we're off and running. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like with with everything where it's like kind of an up and down peaks and valley throughout all that that you just named. mm -hmm. Uh, It's because the X-Men movies. Go ahead. 
just a quick thought, and you can go to that because this is apropos of nothing. It's blowing my mind that the Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer was the year before Iron Man. That feels like two distinct eras, and they're a year apart. It does, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, all I was going to say is the X-Men movies, particularly the first two, were good. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Spider-Man 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, were good. So this question about leaving stuff or this confidence, you know, for this confidence of this, I would still argue that they hadn't quite done that yet. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... I can't speak to X-Men 3, but I feel like I have a vague understanding to say I think it suffered the same problem with Spider-Man 3 of, like, doing too much at once. And so... Yeah. There there was a mix of problems with that, but yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that's the case of, like, not really understanding the confidence was in the restraint and not necessarily throwing everything all at once. Yeah. Well, also in that... Morals aside for a second um brian singer had directed the first two Uh uh-huh and he didn't return to direct x-men the last stand Mm -hmm. brett radner did that one Mm -hmm. and brian singer did superman returns radner Mm. rat r-a-t ratner and so i think i think you you can see a very distinct Superman Returns. Oh, this is Brian Singer's influence, mm-hmm. right? And same thing on the X Men. Oh, this Brian. This isn't a Brian Singer film. So in in that way, I think for X Three that had something to do with it as well. I don't know exactly. I don't remember why the switch and everything behind it, but I just from that alone, watching it, you can see a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to track across the the years of superhero movies. Yeah. Now, introductions, the one thing that really bothered me about this the most was Elektra's character. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, from a number of different ways, but just that first thing where the fight scene. Uh, and I'm like... At the playground? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm just I'm, like... I'm so glad that made the original cut. He's He's blind what are you doing uh-huh. <laughs> like you don't anyways so yeah it just you know but again like bullseye kingpin owsley electra all of them show up in the netflix series over the course of three seasons at 13 episodes each uh-huh all of this was dumped into one movie yeah you know um so, yeah. And it got me, I won't go too far down this because I know we're, we're keeping this one a little bit more brief, but it got me also wondering what is the distinction, like, is Daredevil a property that needs the time of Netflix to space it out? Or is it possible to do in a movie and this is just not a good example of it? Because, I mean, clearly Iron Man was able to set off its universe with just the movies, but... Mm-hmm. So does that come down to some characters need the longer format or I don't know? You know what? That's an interesting question because Daredevil's one where he gets blinded as a child mm-hmm. and grows up and develops into this. 
and Netflix is able to show that. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's the Batman thing, right? Like you got it. How do you show the childhood trauma that leads to this? Um, it's either you just assume everybody knows, which you can't do that with Daredevil. Uh, I don't think. I don't think you can give Daredevil the the Tom Holland Spider-Man treatment. We're just no. like, oh, everybody knows about Uncle Ben. Y- yeah. yeah. So, like, you have to show it somehow. And the only way you show that is flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and Nolan did it fantastic, right, in, in Batman Begins. Uh, Tim Burton just drops you in and uses what does he do? Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne on the anniversary of the death goes to an alley. Then Vicki Vale researches the alley and finds out, Oh, his kids, you know, um, Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered there. And then you get one flashback scene. So, so like, uh, you know, and I think in that one, the, the murderer was ended up being the Joker, Jack Napier. So like all of that, you know, was able to tie together. And so I do think you're right that the longer form, is probably better. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason why the MCU should keep Charlie Cox and yeah. not have to to go through that. Mm-hmm. If the work's done. Just reap the benefits of it. Kevin Feige, super fan. <laughs> so I want to circle back to something you mentioned earlier. It's specifically Elektra's introduction scene at the playground. There's two things that come to mind. It's so funny to me. The first thing, it's so funny to me that it felt like superhero identities were such a precious thing in the early movies, but that's only in name. Uh-huh. Like, they do nothing to service the fact that these characters are trying to hide their identities because they're just doing things in clear day. Like, I think at one point, yeah, Matt, as the lawyer, goes and roughs up one of the... Um, one of the people that he's in court with and like does not try and obscure who he is at all. And then in this playground scene, they're fighting at like, like school playground time. And it was so, Mm -hmm. I texted you and I said, there was a moment that happened where I audibly said, Oh, come on. And it was this moment because I think it was trying to cater maybe to, you know, nerdy audience. Like, like it felt like a video game fighting game where they looked at each other and the camera panned out to that side scrolling look and they did their fighter pose and then they went at it. And it was just like, I don't know. It well, was it's, so it's, cheesy. It's, a, it's the matrix. It's yeah. the influence of the matrix. It's completely I, the influence of the matrix, right? It's that it's the, it's the Neo Morbius sparring match, except with kids in the background chanting, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> That's a messed up mortal combat. Like I need to, Yeah. I need to rewatch The Matrix. Maybe that's an influence. I'm just because like I watched The Matrix when it was in theaters and I think I would have been nine or ten. And I know I was way too young to appreciate that. So I need to rewatch it. That. Yeah. Give that a rewatch. That came out in ninety nine. Yeah, I would have been eight or nine. then. Is that right? I'll say this. I'm fairly certain you, my dad and I went to see it. I, I feel like I remember the three of us going. No, we didn't. Because I did not see that in the theater. Okay, then that was a false memory. I know it was Lord of the, the Rings the, we ma- saw. The, we saw Two Towers together in the theater, and I think Gladiator in the theater. Hmm. Together. Because I don't I remember your two dad towers. to see those two in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw those two with your dad, uh, so I'm positive you were there. 
<laughs> uh, we're pretty but inseparable. I remember watching the, yeah so the Matrix um, I, the only reason why I know I didn't see that in the theater is because that was like the first DVD I bought huh and it was the only DVD so like and that's what made me fall in love with uh, commentaries because it was the only DVD I had so I'd watch the Matrix and it's like okay I've seen this watch it again okay now I'm gonna watch it with the commentary and like I just <laughs> It watched everything on it and I was like oh this is so awesome mm-hmm. so so yeah yeah anyway that's on my to-do list to rewatch that all right so I think that's going to do it for our brief overview of Daredevil uh like we said we were keeping this one short just to just to kind of commemorate the year-long experience of podcasting so that moves us into the next thing we wanted to touch on which is you know, going over how the experience of doing the podcast for a year has been different than what we thought it'd be going in. So, Jude? You know what? And and this makes me feel like how naive I was. Uh-huh. Um, the, the quick turnarounds we were been doing for these week-to-week episodes, I don't know what I was expecting with that. Because with yeah. Daredevil, we were like three to four in the topic episodes. We were two and three episodes ahead. Before a drop. Um, remember in, when we got quick turnarounds. Remember when we only got like a two week buffer and we were so nervous, like, oh, my God, we're so far behind. What are we going to do? And then now we get like four days. I know. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's Friday night and we're ready to go by Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I think, you know. And so like in that sense, I don't think I I realized that's where we'd be at. Um you know, equipment wise, I bought a new mic recently. I really expected in my head of like, okay, I'm going to use this mic for a couple of years before I move on to another one. Uh-huh. Um, and very quickly I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's time. I want a new mic. Like, uh-huh. and, and part of it was like a quality thing. And then part of it was just the bug hit me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that, man. It's, it's so easy to kind of get wrapped up, wrapped up in all that tech you know, seeing yeah. what's new and what can help you this way and that. And I'm right there with you. I just bought a new piece of audio equipment uh, here this week as of this recording. And that's going to be my weekend is getting familiar with it because it might be getting me out of the closet, which I'm looking forward to. Nice. Yeah. As of this recording, pulling the curtains back from here, pulling out the <laughs> MCU need to know bingo card for this episode. It's got to happen. <laughs> Maybe that should have been what I hope to accomplish yeah. in year two <laughs> to get the bingo card out. <laughs> a, um, a new a new bingo card, new set of yeah. phrases. <laughs> Every year we'll do another one. You know, thinking about this question, uh, I'm right there with you. My, mine's related because when this podcast started, I I said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll handle all the editing going in. Uh, that was my naive side showing because like <laughs> there was a part of me where like I knew this was going to be a big ask, like saying like, hey, do you want to do this with me? And I was trying to make it as like easy of an on ramp as possible for you wanted to want to do this. And so that's why I was like, hey, I'll shoulder right. all that. I am so thankful that you started editing because there's no way, <laughs> no way I would have been able to do it every week. Uh, on my own because this it's this is a lot and 
Yeah. Not only is that like show my my naive side, but it also goes to say my appreciation that you are just as committed to this as I am because it's it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love doing it. And it's so funny. I edited episode two of the pod just for fun. Uh huh. Right. And I remember. I was like halfway through and you're sending me a text. You're like, I'm done. What's wrong with me? (laughs) I was like, what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. Um, You know, so, so the journey over that, like Mm -hmm. um, uh, learning the software and and all that stuff. But what's so funny is that's when you were still using Premiere. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. I was using a video editing software to edit audio. <laughs> uh, oh man! But yeah. So I yeah, think, and, and I'm glad I jumped into it too. <laughs> I'm glad, like, because like not only to help shoulder some of the responsibility, but I think there's been this push and pull between us where I, at the start, was much more aggressive on the cuts and not mm-hmm. as aggressive as you were, and you were very great at getting the audio sounding. Great. Like whenever you edit, I feel like that's the week when the audio sounds better. (laughs) And so I think there's been this push and pull between our two styles where we've gotten into something a little bit more consistent and it's making us better. So, yeah, there's there's many reasons I'm thankful you started editing. Well, well, it's nice because, uh, well, two things. A, that that first cut that I did, Uh I remember mine being a couple of minutes longer than yours. Yeah. And not much, just about two or three minutes longer. And then the other thing I found interesting is or what I like is when. My brother, Daniel, will say this sometimes to me. And, and well, in terms of like, like they don't know which one of us edits, you know, he doesn't uh-huh. know. Um, and that, and that's the one of the things that I really like is just, is, is we're at, I feel like we're at a place that to the untrained ear, maybe like, like when I say that, cause like I'm in a Facebook group of podcast editors, actually three different Facebook groups of podcast editors, you know, to try and learn and get better and and pick up their techniques Uh and stuff. But so they might be able to notice like Mm -hmm. the the trained ear, but like, of like, Oh, someone else is editing differently. Um, But I think for the most part, you know, there were just, again, my survey of one, it's like, Oh, you edited that one. Uh, You you know, Um, just by listening, I don't think they, it's noticeable. So, which is really Mm -hmm. cool and a great place to be in. Yeah. It's so funny. The only reason I, I say this is because of the way you framed it as the trained ear. And I feel like in the one year anniversary episode, they have to get a mention. Leech sussed it out. She figured out who edits who. Like she figured out uh, her yeah. tells. And it's so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask off, off pod. The moment, the, she, the moment she knew we we took turns, she was messaging me. She's like, I'm going to go back and forth and listen until I can find the differences. <laughs> <laughs> Which may be why we had such a great month in January. <laughs> <laughs> it's all leech. <laughs> oh, man. At that point, you know, downloading 40 episodes twice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So moving along, uh, I think the next question we wanted to ask is, uh, what are you you most proud of in this first year of podcasting? Hmm. What am I most proud of? God, that's a tough question because there's a lot of things. Um. Man, honestly, and I, and I know we've said this before, and we'll we'll keep saying it. 
getting to meet other podcasters in this space yeah, and have them on the pod, um, us being on their pods, um, even to the level of some of them, you know, we interact with on Twitter um, or even just outright change, exchange phone numbers at this point and just text. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and to reach that level, you know, um, you know, and, and just, and just knowing that, that like they're enjoying what we do and interacting with us and we can interact back with them. Um, so that's probably what I'm most proud of. Mm -hmm. Uh, like one a one B and I was telling Amity this right before we started recording, you know, when I have coworkers come up to me and ask about the pod yeah. or react live, you know, like right to me, I'm going to react to it. what you said this in the pod, you think about this and have those conversations, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. What about you? What are you most proud of? Uh, probably my Mephisto joke. No, uh, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, the thing that I'm most proud of is it's a pretty common compliment. I think that we've gotten from multiple people who say they listen to the podcast is they feel like they're part of the conversation, which to oh, yeah. me yeah. is like, that's your high mark for a podcast, right? Like that's why we do right. this. And so right. to hear people say like, Oh, I'm sitting there talking to my TV right alongside you. Oh, or this is what I said, but I realized you can't hear me. And it's, right. it's a really warm feeling. Cause I'm glad that people are experiencing that and are feeling like it's just, you know, the three of us or how many people are listening on the other end having yeah. that conversation together. So, yeah. 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 That's that's, that of. is a really cool feeling. Mm -hmm. So what about year two? What are you hoping to accomplish? In year two. This is I, tough. Cause I don't, th I don't even think we've talked about this off pod with each other. So yeah. Yeah, I know this is, this is kind of like in the moment. I really, really enjoy having guests. And I know we've done that in year one, but uh -huh. I want to find a way to continue to keep doing that on a, I don't want to commit to a regular basis, but something that feels familiar. Like I love getting to meet new people. I love getting to hear uh -huh. their voices and have conversations on the podcast. So we, I felt like we didn't start doing guests until way late into the first year. So Ha yeah. hopefully having a strong start now going into to the future will help us really start to flesh out who we get to meet. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, Hmm. I'm with you on the guest thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do two things. A, I, I would like to continue to build those relationships. Right. Uh huh. Um, but man, I really, and, and it was part of this conversation we had with Rob, uh, Logan, mm -hmm. uh, when he, when he was on, who, you know, we're looking forward to have back after we're done recording, I really would like to, and, and I've researched out a couple of people. I just haven't had the guts, but to reach out to somebody to guest that has like been a part of a show we're reviewing. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and try to have them on, um, like that's something that I really want to to, to just to just get that once i think that would be really cool yeah that's a really cool kind of personal milestone to set 
for ourselves. That's awesome. And I, I will yeah. say, because I think you said you, you framed it as like, have the, the courage to reach out. The moment you said that, my anxiety peaked. So <laughs> it, might, <laughs> it, it, might, it might take some working up to, but uh, that would be really cool if we could do that uh, yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be, so you're right. I'm with you. Same thing. I, I want to keep building the guests and the communities, um, you, you know, just make that stronger. Um, and so I think that's really cool, but I, I, I would also love like, like as that bar of like, Hey, this is a step we took, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the year two, I think that would be it. Yeah. Feels like a natural uh, progression. Yeah. So Getting Kevin Feige. My closet. Yeah, Kevin Feige, get ready. Answer your phone. <laughs> direct message to Twitter. Do you think he answers direct messages to Twitter? Probably not. He's so, probably got a secret <laughs> account that nobody knows yeah. about. That's open. Oh, you know it is. Watch that one time, like we figured out because he accidentally tweets from that and like spoils <laughs> like secret invasion or something. Oh, man. What if that's his thing? Like, he likes spoiling stuff, but he obviously doesn't want to ruin what he's working on. So he has a secret account out there that's just blatantly putting out spoilers, but nobody knows that it's Kevin Feige. That would be so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like he's out there throwing out fan theories that either throw people off or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And it's never good on Twitter. No, it's why not? It's why not everyone should have super serum. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this bonus commemorative episode. Um, so, again, I just want to say everybody that's listening, downloaded, sharing with friends, it really means a lot that you have been with us through this year, even if you've just come to this podcast. Um, I'm thankful and looking forward to yeah. another great year with you all. Right. Let me add one more thing to that. And thank yous, uh, family. Um, yeah. The, the support that our families have given us to give us this space. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a couple of times, um, a my wife's coworker has invited us over for dinner on Friday night. And I feel so bad because she's like, I can't, Jude has to record his pod on Friday <laughs> night. And there's an element of like, I feel bad because it's like hobby passion project, but it's like, no, this is, I, this is what I do on Friday nights. I can't go out to eat. <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I feel bad about that. And I'm like, um, about the saying the no. Um, and the people that ask us are so cool about it too. They're like, Oh, we understand, you know, and, and stuff, uh, maybe another time, but just the support from family, you know, yeah. and, and helping and helping make this possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, even like just the genuine interest in it too. Cause like this week, my mom revealed to me that she takes notes of our podcast. So notes of notes uh, to oh, ask really? me questions. Yeah. That's which crazy. I really love. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So I, I, you're spot on with thanking family as well. Cause they, um, they, they were the first to help us get to those first 10 downloads for sure. In those early I, yes, days. Yes. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you all around. Yeah, but of course, uh that is gonna do it for this episode. So if you'd like to reach us, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to write us an email, you can reach us at mcu need to know at gmail.com. 
And if you get a chance, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast, please follow us. And the best thing you can do is share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy, not only for the use of his theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme, but he uh, very kindly took to editing this episode for us. Uh, as of this recording, we're still yes. in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier workflow. So thank you, Nick, for editing this one for us. Yeah, thank you. It's huge help. Thank you for offering to, to do that for us. Yeah. And of course, you can thank Nick as well by checking out his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes. A lot of great music that you should check out. All right. I think it's going to do it. So thank you all so much for listening. And thank you for doing this, Jude. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next episode. Oh, also, I don't know how Nick Sandy handles the um, noise reduction. Should we give him a couple seconds of silence for clearing just in case he does that? Yeah, yeah, okay. let's, let's do that right now. All right, so we'll give him about five seconds starting now. Okay, I think I lost track. Was that five seconds? I don't know. I thought you were keeping track. I wasn't keeping track. I, I think so, but I think my seconds are faster than other people's seconds. No, seconds are universal. Well, le- the way <laughs> I, like, my counting is probably faster is what I meant. <laughs> you're recording. You have a timeline thing running. Like maps and video games. I don't use that. <laughs> <sighs> okay.